Come on. Joey, are you ready? I am more than ready. I love it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today, strong and powerful Joey Polero. Joey is the founder of Efficacy Life Coaching. He's a functional health and wellness coach, a speaker, and a spiritual warrior. I'm excited to have you on. Joey, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. My personal life. Um, I like to look at my personal life in two halves. Um, my my life before and after um, I got into recovery. Um, what my life looks like today is is you know I'm a, I'm a person in recovery from alcohol and addiction, and um, I help others who are walking along the same path to supplement their current programs of recovery or if they are removed from their substance of choice or addictive behavior, um, help them create a program that works for them. Um, What my life was like um, previous to that was a lot what you would expect from from somebody who had had made choices um, to choose alcohol and drugs as their solution to life. Um, which included um, most consequences associated with living a life like that, short of um, death or long-term prison, um, pushing everybody who was important to me away from me, um, inability to form real intimate relationships with other human beings, and ultimately leading to um, a place, a really, really dark place, um, um, of living on the streets, having a $300 a day heroin habit and doing really desperate things to, to get what I thought I needed to survive. Um, you know, mixed in with, with, with a lot of good stuff, (laughs) you know, it wasn't all bad. Um, it wasn't all dark. Um, I had a career, which is also in my, my first half of my life, which was one, um, uh, creating and building high-end custom furniture, which was a career that I um, took a lot of pride in and found a lot of uh, ability to tap into my my creativity and um, you know build things you know which I build different things today you know I I build habits I build a, a life for myself I build a recovery I build a coaching practice to help others along the same path that I do but building custom furniture was my thing um and, and um and there was a lot of a lot of light um and a, and a, and you know brief stints of peace throughout the two plus decades that I I lived in an addiction um and you know on uh where my life, I like to call my rebirth, where my second half of life started was on August 20th, 2009, by way of um, partly divine intervention um, and um, some tough love from, from, from people who, who still cared about me and loved me despite my behavior. Um, I got another opportunity and uh, I got sober. And my journey of recovery... Um, began then and and I like to look at that moment as a as a bit of a rebirth for me and um 
August 20th, 2009, my recovery journey was a rocky one. I did not get well right away. I was engaged in a program of recovery, a 12-step program, um, where I was an active participant and where I served and where I was committed to. And I seemed to, I, when they pulled this, that stuff away, which I mentioned earlier, was my only tool to live. <clears throat> I got a lot sicker before I got any better. And one of the things that I did is I turned to food. Um, and food um, became my new drug. The next way that I was going to destroy myself and, and hide and, and avoid jumping into the stream of life. And from 2009 to 2015, I went from 220 pounds to 415 pounds. And I found myself at another bottom, um, sicker than I had been uh, when I had got sober. And... Um, <clears throat> without really a desire to, um, like I said, jump into the stream of life. And I had what some would call a, a spiritual awakening, um, which I found that most spiritual work is really just simply um, does not need to be some esoteric, mystical thing, but it really is about a shift of perspective. But my, my spiritual awakening came in the way of a dream um, um, where my deceased grandfather had visited me and he was screaming at me frantically in this dream. And, and this was a man that had never raised his voice before um, in, his, in his entire life. He was a very mild manner man. And, and, and as long as he lived, I, I'd never heard him raise his voice. He was frantically screaming at me. He who isn't busy being born is busy dying. He who isn't busy being born is busy dying. <clears throat> and I and I woke startled, um, and I had heard that that before. And, and I don't know if you're a music fan. Are you a music fan? I am. Well, it's actually a line from a Bob Dylan song. Um, from, um, it's all right, Ma. I'm only I'm only bleeding. And I had heard it before, <laughs> but at that moment, it had impacted me. And I saw that that you know, I you know I wasn't scared to die. I I was I was truly more afraid to live. And I woke that morning committed to taking back control of my life, taking back control of my health, um, getting outside of my comfort zone, um, being of service to others. And it was relatively sudden. Obviously, along the path, I've had to be very um, consistent and persistent. And I fell and I fall and I fell and failed countless times and picked myself up again and again, um, getting back on the path. But since that time, I've been able to, you know, not only stay sober a day at a time, I've been able to um, lose 170 plus pounds without any crash dieting or medical intervention or other than really just implementing really consistent, um, small, tiny habits that have added up over time. And now I have a career for myself where, where I get to be of service to others, taking all my strengths and all my failures and all my mistakes and all my obstacles and everywhere that I turned wrong um, and using them as my greatest strengths to help others along the same path. So that's what my life is looking like right now, along with, you know, everyday life stuff that, the you know, we're all dealing with, um, you know, all over the globe with this, with the pandemic and, and the mess that's associated with that. But in general, um, uh, and I mentioned this briefly before the show, is it's it sometimes it saddens me to see the suffering out there and and like I'm thriving and it's okay to thrive you know it, it's okay to to be
be okay. And that wasn't always the case. I, I didn't always feel that way. Well, I'm so grateful that you shared that story. Um, and that is, it, 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 it is a compelling story. Um, you talk about thriving. Um, what was going through my head as, 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 as you're telling the story is obviously there were times that were extremely, extremely, extremely hard. And after you woke up that morning and got committed to, 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 to living, I'm sure that, 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 well, did you view those, those, those days and every one of those days as really, really hard? And has it gotten to the point where it's more of like a flow state for you or is every day hard? How do you think about that? Um, I think it's all about habits. I, I started building one tiny habit at a time. Um, I started building habits for myself, you know, healthy habits for myself, um, replacing um, unhealthy habits with healthy habits. And like bad habits, which I'm also an expert in, um, once they're established and you build some consistency and you plug into m momentum and after a certain amount of time, um, they become a part of you and they run on automatic. Um, so it's starting. Starting is the, is the hard part. You know, it's just starting. You know, starting to, to pick a habit, whatever it might be. Um, let's just say, like for me, um, I had some consistent recovery habits, you know, staying away from a drink and drug a day at a time, um, doing the deep work necessary to heal and forgive um, and being of service to others. But I didn't have good health habits. I didn't have good, like, holistic, functional health habits. And, and you know, being sober, you know, not, not drinking or doing drugs or participating in other addictive behavior is a far cry from, from holistic functional health. So I, I, I really started super small because I had a mountain to climb and it looked insurmountable and it looked impossible, just like it felt like when I had walked into detox for the, you know, fifth time um, in my adult life. Um, I didn't think it was possible. So I break it down into, you know, as small steps as possible. I try to do it a day at a time, even, you know, an hour at a time or even a minute at a time, which really is about presence. Um, but I started off with like, okay, I'm just going to drink 60 ounces of water. I'm not going to eat past 9 p.m. And I'm going to just put my shoes on and with, with you know, doing this, that one little tiny thing with the bigger thing in mind, which would be to get out my front door and get to the end of the driveway and start walking, which at 415 pounds isn't, it, it, I was having trouble walking. Yeah. You know, I, I was really sick. Um, so it's hard to be disciplined. Um, I always thought my whole life that doing whatever I wanted whenever I wanted, how I wanted, not following any rules or um, respecting authority. I thought that that meant freedom. Right. And what I realized, um, you know, in recovery and as somebody who is, you know, um, committed to constant self-improvement, that it's the opposite, that discipline equals freedom. So, yes, it's hard. It's hard. I have tools that I use to um, to plug into the higher force of momentum, but really, it's just starting. You know, baby steps. 
That's the hard part. Yeah, no, I, I, one thousand percent agree with you. Um, discipline equals freedom, and it, it's interesting, right? I think that that we've all probably at some point in our lives thought the opposite of that is when I'm successful, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, with my time, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, so, if people are in if I am just interested in, in, in having a happier, stronger relationship with, with, with my spouse or loved ones or really just trying to do anything to, to, to improve my life, how, how, how do you coach people? I mean, I think it really, it's about, we have to work with ourselves first. Like I'm a big believer that we can't give or receive what we don't have. So if you're looking with for to improve a relationship, we need to re- improve a relationship with ourselves. If we're looking for love, we need to practice self-love. If we're looking for respect, we need to practice self-respect. Um, so really, it starts. It you know, I start with with self, which really um, the most important thing is to gain some clarity around exactly you know where we are. Like where are we exactly? So I usually start with my clients with getting really like doing a lot of listening and doing a lot of um, asking of questions, so I can understand their their you know their beliefs, um, you know how they make decisions, what their needs are, what their desires are, what their wounds are, what their interests are, who their role models are. You know, what are they proud of? What's working for them? What's not working for them? Um, I need to truly understand them to be able to influence them or help them help themselves. So, you know, I don't need to reinvent the, the, the wheel. Um, clarity is clarity. So we need the truth. You know, they need to be able to trust me to tell me the truth. So what's the, where are you? Right. So what's the truth? Where do you want to go? Like, what's the goal? Why is it? Why is it important to you? That's where, you know emotion and meaning come in which is really how you can influence we can influence ourselves and influence others um what's in the way like what what are the what are the obstacles and you know helping them uncover their strengths their virtues and their values which which is their fuel and what their environment looks like you know who's their support system can we create a support system for them like what are the what are the people places and things look like that's really where i start with my clients yeah, and and, and 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 I think that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I I love the idea that you can't give or receive what you don't have. So if you want more love, you have to practice self love, and if you want more respect, self respect. I imagine that that's a step that people commonly miss out on or forget about. Or like me, I thought that that was selfishness. Yeah, you know, like when I, you know, part of a, um, um, I guess the root cause. Um, after doing a lot of deep work um, in, in recovery programs is, you know, my selfishness and my self-centeredness. And so for in order for me to, because, you know, everything was about me. And, um, you know, I, ve- I was rarely thinking about other people. I was just thinking about, you know, what I need to get and how I'm going to get it. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, what I have um, that someone's going to take or what someone has that I want. And that's the, the, the nature of an addict mind. So obviously to, to, you know, I think, and I, this is the way I lived for a long time is like, okay, so somebody that I worked with, uh, uh, I'll call him a mentor would be like, if you have a, if you have a good idea, 
you should probably do the opposite. If you have a really good idea, you should probably come to my house immediately. And that's how I lived my life in early recovery. Like if I had a good idea, I did the opposite. So like to think that it starts with self is kind of was opposite to how I was living my early years in recovery, which was like, you know, putting other people's needs first to kind of shift my, you know, my, my thinking um, away from me, 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 me. So it became you, 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 you. Um, so starting with self was counterintuitive to what I thought I needed to do in order to stay sober a day at a time. Um, but it's, it's, it's not selfish. It's the opposite of selfishness. Selfishness and self-preservation aren't even in the same ballpark. Like I need to be fit mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually so I'm able to be of service to others. I love it. Yeah, you need to need to make sure that you are as as healthy as you possibly can, so that you can so so that you are actually able to show up and, and, and serve the other people who who need you. So I love it. Well, Joey, people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, I gave this some thought because I listened to some of your podcasts and and. You know, it's funny because um, I was under the impression that this was a show about money um, and this is a show about thriving. And, you know, when I when I think about thriving, I think about energy. I think about I think that the number one predictor to succeed at anything is my ability to, to, to have energy and to plug into universal energy. And so. I guess my, my number one energy alignment habit that, that helps me um, stay, continue to grow, stay stress and anxiety free, build my business with, with, with more ease, is to plug into that higher force, that universal energy. And this force, I like to call it the field, okay? It, it's a force that's infinitely giving, but it's a feminine force, meaning that you can't get on top of it and you can't tell it what to do. I, I need to obey its laws or else it can't reach me. It pushes me into the lower world where, where, I, where it can't reach me. And there are four laws um, of the field in order for us to plug into this higher force. And I like to, how I like to teach it is, a, is, the, is to think of the word cinnamon, um, and it's C-I-M-N. And the, the, the four laws of the field are commitment, which means – I can't do what I feel like doing. I need to do what I committed to do. Um, I like to look at, like, there's many de- definitions of commitment, and how I look at it is, is an endless series of very small, painful actions. Endless, small, painful. Not painful because it's causing me physically pain or emotional pain, but it's usually typically something that I don't want to do or that's outside of my comfort zone. So that's the first law of the field. Second law of the field is impulse control. Um, obviously I know a little bit about, um, impulse control and certainly losing control of my impulse. But if I fall victim to my worst impulses, I get, again, I get pushed into the lower world where this higher force can't reach me. Um, the fourth one is M C I M microtransactions. That's where the baby steps come in. That's where I need to follow through on the little things. Um, the little tiny things, especially when no one's watching. Um, an example of that would be that has nothing to really do with anything, but I pick up my laundry 
and I come home and I walk through the door and instead of just throwing it onto the floor, I take that next extra step and I put the laundry away right away. Mm -hmm. So it's always following through and doing the little things. And the second one, I mean the last one, N, is non-attachment. And what that means is I have to have the desire um, to, you know, to, to whatever it is I want, I need to have a deep desire for it and taking consistent action towards it, but I need to be willing not to have it. So what that is is about staying process in process, not product. Um, I, I'm in the action business. I'm not in the results and consequences business. So that's my number one uh, difference-making tip for you. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Joey, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Okay, my business is Efficacy Life Coaching, and and I love the name Efficacy, but people tell me they have a hard time spelling it, so I'm going to spell it for you. <laughs> E-F-F-I-C-A-C-Y, EfficacyLifeCoaching.com. Uh, I can be emailed at Joseph at Efficacy Life Coaching. I can be reached on LinkedIn at Joseph Polaro. That's P-O-L-L-A-R-O. Um, Facebook, Efficacy Life Coaching. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Joe your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to EfficacyLifeCoaching.com. That's E-F-F-I-C-A-C-Y, LifeCoaching.com. Shoot him an email. You can find him on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Thanks again, Joey. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.